Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. At Bright Vibe, we believe everyone deserves to be happy. But in today's world, everywhere you turn, there is division and negativity. At Bright Vibe, we have created a global movement to bring 8 million people together who are inspired to live bright, live bold, and share bright vibes. Alone, it can be hard to change, but together we can change the world. Welcome to the Bright Vibe Podcast. Regina Thomashauer, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on today. I am thrilled to meet you, Matt, and to be here with you and to hopefully throw open some fun, interesting doors for all of the people whose lives you impact and influence. Just based on what I know of you so far, I know that this is going to be a great conversation because you are definitely a light in the world. And I think we're going to illuminate some light today. So we're going to, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about leadership stuff. We're going to be talking about empowerment, which I love, uh, leadership, empowerment, and and several other things. I want to read a little bit of your bio. Um, you're the only the one and only, and I'm going to come back to this, Mama Gina. You're a teacher, you're a best-selling author, uh, mother and media personality, and the founder and CEO of School of Womanly Arts, which you began in your living room in 1998. Why do they call you Mama Gina? Mama, because, okay, there's a few things about that. First of all, yeah. I started to call myself Mama Gina because, <laughs> when I, you know, innately I'm very shy. and. Really? Uh, yeah. So I'm yeah. introverted. Like yeah. I have both. I'm a Gemini yes, right. intro. Etro, extro. Oh, yes, yes. So, I'm married to a Gemini. Um, I understand this. <laughs> oh, so you understand. So yes. uh, it, it kind of was like two things. I started the school after I gave birth to my daughter, Maggie, who's now 24. Mm -hmm. And I felt such a sense of responsibility to the girls of today who are going to be uh -huh. the women of tomorrow. And like, what was I doing? to make sure that the world could handle who and what a woman is. Right. And so I thought, well, I've got to start a school for women because I, I know mm. that women, we know how to take care of our husbands, take care of our bosses, take care of our girlfriends, but nobody really teaches us about our own pleasure. And I thought mm -hmm. I will start the School of Womanly Arts and I will teach women to connect to their erotic sovereignty, their erotic aliveness, to their pussies, to their pleasure, and, uh, you know, really ignite a new gen of women. Because, you know, it's really, in my belief system, it's women first. Like, mm -hmm. we women open the doors for our men. And since mm -hmm. I had just had my baby, I thought, oh, I'm a mama. So I'll just, like, call myself Mama Gina. Uh, <laughs> and then I'll have the School of Womanly Arts. And... And at that time in my career, and I want to say this because I know that there's like a lot of people in your audience that mm -hmm. are looking to be leaders or are leaders uh -huh. in their own right. Yeah. Like at that time in my career, I was just throwing a bunch of shit on the wall. I was teaching right. all kinds of classes in communication, sensuality, differences between men and women. And I didn't know that Mama Gina's School of Women in the Arts, which was at that time just another class I was teaching, was going to really have legs. And it actually mm. ended up sort of taking over my whole business. And that's pretty much all I do now is, is teach classes for the School of Women in the Arts as opposed to the other wacky shit I was doing. <laughs> And so I'm just going to put out the disclaimer right now on this show. So today's show will not be kid friendly <laughs> necessarily <laughs> um, because of the, uh, because of the subject matter. I think it's a, a very timely subject matter and something that's not discussed near enough. And I think there's lots of, and I'm sure you work with this all the time. There's lots of, um, what do I want to say? Anxiety, fear, mm -hmm. um, maybe 
in a weird way, prejudices or judgments that go along with this whole subject matter you're about to talk about. So I'll just say for our audience that this is going to be a very fun show, but also know that this is an adult show. And so we're going to be talking about adult things today. Because would you please tell us the name of your book? Yes. My most recent book is called Pussy, a Reclamation. <laughs> I love, and that it's a New York Times bestseller. And it's a New York Times bestseller. So, so, Wh so which I it, was so proud of because I think it's about time a book called Pussy was on the New York Times bestseller list. <laughs> Yeah, and I agree 100%. I agree 100%. So we know a little bit about what brought you here, which seems almost very pragmatic the way you say it. Um, so what do you typically focus on? Because I know you do workshops, you wrote the book. So let's start with the book. Let's just start with the book. Um, what exactly is the book about? Because obviously, it's a very intriguing title, but then you call it a reclamation, right? And so yeah. I'm reclaiming. So that, that just... Off. Yeah, so I'm sure, so Matt, I'm like, you, you see what? the multiple layers behind the layers behind the layers. Now I know why you're good at what you do. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, most, um, but, most people ignore that part of what? the title and they just want to go right. They just want to focus on the. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, I, I've got to believe that there's probably I just even in the brief moments that we've known each other, I've got to believe that there's a real depth here behind just the the barely the alluring title. So uh, what are we? Yeah. What are we? What are we reclaiming? Or what are women reclaiming? Well, here's what I noticed because I'm a researcher as well as uh -huh. an educator is that um, there's kind of, and right now it has been kind of an epidemic of self-doubt, yes, self-deprecation, uh, women not stepping into their full power. They're using their voices. I think women are actually the greatest untapped natural resource on this planet. Mm -hmm. And the time for a woman's voice to really, we require the voice of woman now. We, you know, clearly, you know, as, as, as hard as men have tried to do it without us, it is an experiment that is failing miserably. And if you <laughs> think about it, you know, mm -hmm. if, you, if you look at it, if you think about it, like, like the, uh, let's say the bird of, there's an ancient um, indigenous uh, Native American legend. Of, about the bird of happiness and it has two wings the masculine wing and the feminine wing mm -hmm. but because the feminine wing is not really used you know well, women mm. hold back their viewpoint they aren't mm -hmm. heard they're so in living in a patriarchal world's culture mm -hmm. women right. are devalued left out of the conversations uh not in leadership positions and so the the Feminine arm wing of the bird mm -hmm. is really tiny. Masculine is really strong, and the bird is flying in spiraling. Circles. Yes, yes. Yeah. So the object of pussy, a reclamation, was to teach women to own their full voice, their full power, to own this feminine body, to plug into their erotic aliveness to know themselves sensually because I have found that when a woman owns her pussy, she owns her life. And if she don't, she don't like, it doesn't matter <laughs> if she's got a degree from Harvard, if she is the CEO of Facebook, if she doesn't own her sex and her sensuality, she is not living the full capacity of her feminine 
in this world. And what's that mean exactly? Uh, when you say owns her erotic, uh, did you say erotic sexuality or erotic? Uh, what does mm-hmm. that mean? Owns that? Help me understand that because I am but a man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am but a man. I am. Yes, okay. I was. I was. I, I, I actually told a couple. Uh, 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 there was a couple that I that it was. They were my le- my lesbian friends, and uh, I said, you know, I was born with this handicap, and I've always had this handicap. I am yet but a man. So <laughs> help me understand <laughs> what exactly uh, do you mean when you say own their. Uh, Erotic or sexual erotic yeah. power. Yeah, know, yeah. What does that mean? Plug into their sensual aliveness, all that. Well, here's the thing, and this is something that you wouldn't know, right? Except I, I, when I um, lead seminars, and I teach both men and women at my school, when I mm. ask a room full of, like, let's say, a thousand women, and I'll be like, what did your um, parts get called? When you were growing up, mm. you're, mm-hmm. you know, and they'll say things like, oh, uh, front bottom, uh, Kanish, Coochie, um, Walter Winchell, um, Peepee, Kitty, mm-hmm. Purse, you know, a whole litany of crazy names. And if I ask the same thing to a group of men, men, right. men will say, penis, what's your problem? You know, mm-hmm. that, or the other things so, that we call it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, penis, cock, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the but women, uh, and and over fifty percent of women don't even have a name for mm. that which is most essentially feminine about mm-hmm. ourselves, like the heartbeat mm-hmm. of what you know, the seat of life itself. Like all creation happens uh, because of yes. a pussy. Uh, right. Women give life. You know, every, right. all, we were all pushed out of pussies. That's why we get to right. be here. You know, right. except for the odd C-section now. But right. um, not so odd, necessary C-section. Thank God for C-sections. Yes. But um, what we, when a woman doesn't even have a name for the most essential feminine aspect of herself, what moves in is shame mm-hmm. because she knows something must be wrong if we can't even name that aspect of myself. And when a woman starts to feel shame, and and by the way, half of the women don't have a name at all for that part, wasn't even referred to. So, you know, imagine what would happen if you didn't have a name for, well, like your your arm or your leg or your, yeah, I mean, anybody, it it would be awkward at best. And, Mm-hmm. can really mess with your head as a woman because you know there must be something wrong with me if no one is even willing to name that part that is the part that makes me a woman. And so uh, it's uh, it's something that is a huge omission. And when a woman starts to feel shame about her pussy or mm-hmm. her vulva, because you don't want to teach a little girl to call it um pussy you want to say vulva because that's the mm-hmm. anatomically correct term most mm-hmm. people use the word vagina and they think they got it right but it's absolutely wrong that's the internal part mm. the vulva is the external part see now um, i learned something today there we go vulva. yeah the show has and been worth have, it right there have, 
Do you have daughters, Matt? Oh, well, actually, the whole time you're talking, I have a two-year-old daughter, almost three, going on 21. And, yeah. uh, you know, I typically do the bathing in the evening because, you know, my wife's really great at taking care of them all day. So I try to carry my weight as much as I can. And and so I usually say, let, let me wash your girl part. That's just what I've, that, that's my two-year-old language, girl part. And she knows what that is. And, and But I say the same thing to my son. I say, you know, you need to wash your boy part. <laughs> so I don't know that that's great. I'm just saying at least identify that there's something there that makes you a girl or a boy. Yeah, that's good. And I would suggest, just like you mm -hmm. would call this a hand, yeah, you to just teach her vulva. Vulva. You can even teach her teach her where her clitoris is. You know, because there's it's like learning that your ear is for hearing. Like your clitoris is important. Your vulva is important. Your urethra is important. Mm -hmm. Like it's so confusing until mm -hmm. it's not, and then it right. just becomes part of the truth. Like these are our toes. This mm -hmm. is our vulva. You know, it's just a, and, and a what fact is, of. And, and vulva, when I say vulva, it's almost a pleasant thing that I feel. When I, I'm not even going to say the other word, um, but when I say the other one, there's so, it seems to me culturally, and, and at least it's, this is my experience, that there's so much almost shame, negativity, you know, a wrapped around, uh, wrapped around that, that word. The, that P, it, the P word. The, the P, P word. Um, it it yeah. seems, it seems like there's almost this on both sides of the equation. It's not just. It seems like as a man, I'm having as uh, like something come up as much as I think, of, or or maybe not as much, but as as potentially your audience members of the fifty percent of the, your audience members that didn't have it. It's almost like that there's something shameful or wrong, and in and of itself means that culturally something's wrong. I mean, that, yeah, that just gives me it. an indicator that, that there, there's something wrong in our yeah. culture when we, because if somebody can come up to me and say, Matt, you're a dick. And I'd be like, all right, I may be a little offended, but they'd have to be pretty aggressive for me. You know? And so we use the P word almost as a derogatory slang term. If, especially when men are talking to each other, Hey, don't be a, don't be a pussy. Right. I mean, that's a common right. male thing. Don't be. And so we, I think it gets kind of. What I want to say, there's a lot of uh, negativity that gets dropped into that word, I think, culturally. What's your thoughts on that? I'm just, yeah. I'm, no, save me, save me here, Regina, save you, me, Mama No, you, you're doing so good. You're doing so good <laughs> in that because it's exactly the truth. It's like, it's the most pejorative word in English mm -hmm. language, just about right. if you, if you want to um, hurt somebody's feelings, or if you want to really offend someone, whether it's a man or a woman, call them a pussy. Right. It's so it's almost insulting. yeah, it's almost like it's an insult, right? I mean, but it feels yeah. more insulting than if you called somebody a dick or an asshole or a jerk or totally. I mean, to, totally. Right? It, it, it's it's almost like that's the yeah, that's that's the other than maybe calling a woman the c word, which I would just die. Yeah. <laughs> but that's but a, short that's of, a rough short one too. Of, yeah, short of that, that word though is it's just so interestingly challenging <laughs> it's interestingly challenging and really in a way it's like the highest compliment because if someone is a pussy it means that you know first of all pussies are so incredible they give us orgasms they um <laughs> allow us to menstruate they uh, they push babies out for fuck's right. sake <laughs> like pussies and then and then they return 
right? Yes. They, they yes. like return to yes. their beautiful, uh, contracted, delicious shape after dilating 10 centimeters. Like that is fierce. And, you know, and if you think about it, if you hit a guy in his balls, yeah. like he is done. He's, He's out. <laughs> Pussies are so uh, strong, right. flexible, enduring, <laughs> life-giving, powerful, alive. So it's actually a fierce compliment, you know, when you, but it's not understood as that because our culture tends to pornographize, if that's a oh, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, let's make it a word. Uh, okay, uh, women's sexuality. Yeah. You know, where, where it's pornographic if you, you know, or, or women are looked at as a receptacle for men's sexuality, but we're not really allowed to be sexual. Like if a guy is sexual, he's a stud. And if a woman mm. is sexual, she's a slut. Right. You know, right. Uh, so our, our sensual, our sensual aliveness is frowned upon. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that that's something that uh, I'm in the business of transforming. Uh, with every breath I take. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and, it needs, and, and uh, I do know a, a, a quote from the Dalai Lama um, because he and I are born on the same day. So that makes me special somehow. But the Dalai Lama um, was quoted as saying uh, he and George Bush. So I don't know. That's kind of an odd combination. Um, we're all born that's on the same day. But, but uh, the Dalai Lama has been quoted and has said that the liberation of the, of the world will be through the Western woman. Um, and, and and I think there's a lot of, I know from having guests on the show, doing my own spiritual work, my own personal development work, it seems like women are typically, especially in the spiritual world and in the personal development area, it seems like women are definitely the leaders in those areas as far as they're just more open to being receptive to new ideas or more open to learning. They're more diving deep emotionally where I think for men at least stereotypically are more shut down emotionally. We're more closed where they're obviously more analytical a lot of times. And so you, and you said it at the top of the show, you know, typically, um, yeah, well, one of the great examples, my wife and I, my wife and I is a prolific reader. She reads all this stuff. She studies stuff. She, and she brings new things into our relationship and new things into the house and diet and all, all this stuff. And so she's like leading in that way in our house. If it was up to me and the kids, you know, we would still be eating mac and cheese every night and just, you know, we, we, we would be living. <laughs> so, so, you know, she's, she's got that loving, caring nature that wants us to, you know, feel better or live better or whatever. So, so, so yes, I think there's a lot to this woman's empowerment movement. I think that's going on right now is much needed. I think there's extremes. I think it goes to extremes sometimes too, where it's like, okay, wait a second. We, we're kind of off the rails here. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm all about empowering women. I don't think we have to vilify all men. I think there's a lot of, it's kind of like the cops or the police, right? There's a certain percentage of them that are bad dudes, but there's a certain percentage of every population and every race that are bad people. Um, so how do we, let, let me ask you a, a different question. How do men best support this process? Um, yeah. But first of all, yeah. I'll go there in yes. a second, but I want to say that I, I think that, first of all, if I was a guy, especially in the time of, um, you know, hashtag me too, yes, that's where what we're seeing yes. a, um, like, let's say, 
it, it, it can be a super challenging, like as the pendulum swings, swings, yes. Thus the pendulum swings. And, <laughs> right. and, and truthfully, the women's movement was born out of anger. You know, right. over a hundred years ago, women couldn't vote. So yes, of course. Some, a bunch of women got pissed off and they were like, we're going to vote and we're right. going to batter down these doors. And so movements often start with mm -hmm. rage. But the truth is that that's not really the way of the feminine. Right. The way of the feminine, it's much more like the style in which you were describing your wife, mm -hmm. where it's about community and it's about right. what steps can we each take to take all of us of us higher. Right. Like right. that's pussy. Pussy yes. is inclusive. Pussy yep. is loving. Pussy is like meeting um, somebody with love rather than rage. Mm -hmm. Um, it's about pleasure. And when the discipline of pleasure is interesting because it's actually a higher value than love. Because when, you know, there's people that do shitty things like mm -hmm. in using love as an excuse, like because of, you know, because I love you, I have to hit right. you. Because, right, right, you know, right. you yeah. messed up or right. because I love Jesus, you can't right. worship do this or that. you want right. to worship. Yeah. Right. Um, so, but pleasure is a really interesting um, value because you can't take a step in pleasure if it makes someone else uncomfortable. Mm, like, for example, if you're throwing a party, that's pleasurable. But if it's disturbing your neighbor, it would mm -hmm. no longer be pleasurable for you because you would know, oh, I'm disturbing my neighbor. So I'm going to turn right. the volume down or I'll invite my neighbor to the party. Like pleasure mm -hmm. is about being aware not only of your experience, but the experience of others around you. And mm. it's a very feminine discipline. Mm. But the question okay. is like how you uh, sister your wife or your girlfriend or your daughters, mm. you right. know, as we are trying to reclaim ownership of our own bodies and our, step more powerfully into our truth and our voices, mm -hmm. etc. And I think what I would say is exactly as you're doing it with curiosity mm. and questions and being open-minded and wondering, huh? Oh, that's interesting. How could I be of service there? And then mm. we're asking questions. Anytime you ask a question like, oh my God, it's so women so appreciate that we just appreciate it so much and then so when you are uh, coaching uh, or leading workshops with women typically how are you what are those conversations around or kind of are there some certain is there a structure to it is there kind of how do you facilitate those conversations yes it's such a good question because like really what i'm teaching women is like this is going to sound crazy, Matt, but women don't really know how to woman. Right. Because we've been living in a patriarchal world culture and we've mm -hmm. been mostly trying to man up, right. meaning adopt the values of the masculine so we could be successful mm -hmm. in the masculine culture. I mean, if you look at what are people, what's acceptable gear for women to wear who work in a corporation or right. office or something. They wear like suits, right. you know, like a little collared 
jacketed thing like a little man suit instead <laughs> of really wearing something that would be more feminine, but the feminine is not valued or uh, honored as much as the masculine. So my work is really teaching women how to sister, how to build mm -hmm. community, how to own and love their bodies, no matter their age, how to feel just so delicious in this, the privilege of what it means to be a woman. And so, for example, what, what I've done over the last 25 years is kind of break out technology or tools that mm -hmm. teach women how to celebrate being women. So, for example, I don't know if you ever noticed this, but did you ever go to a party, a cocktail party with a bunch of strangers, and then you meet a guy and you're like, hi, you know, what do you do or whatever? And the guy is like, he's already off to the races. He's like, I'm the leading salesman in my division. And this pin here I got for being excellence in my field or whatever. Like guys are very willing to brag about their mm -hmm. accomplishments. And mm -hmm. conversely, women tend to diminish their accomplishments. Mm. Like I was at a party a few months ago and there was a woman who um, is a playwright. And so I was so excited to meet her as a writer. I really was excited to meet her. And I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, you won a Pulitzer. That is so cool. And she's like, oh, wow. Yeah. But I have writer's block now. I just oh, can't man. put pen to paper. I'm like, I'm like, but no, but wait a minute. You, you're the play that you wrote last year is so crazy good. Yeah. But, you know, I just, I don't know what's that, you know, where we, as women, we are not loud and proud about right are just really the truth of who we are. So there's a practice called bragging that I mm -hmm. teach at every single one of my classes. And I'll begin by having women brag. And it doesn't have to be a brag about your career. It could be a brag that you figured out how to take a 10-minute bath by candlelight before you cooked dinner for the family so you mm. could detox from your day. Right. Like that's a big self-care brag. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but it could be a brag about anything, but what an incredible mom you are, what a great friend you are, how hot you looked at that party last night, how right. much you accomplished at work. And so that becomes then a practice that women will get used to, not just, celebrating themselves which is super valuable but also celebrating each other mm. because mm -hmm. women have a reputation for being like backstabby or backbitey or she'll step on her to get her man or the job and it's right. actually not true not true mm. women by nature really love to give support to one another mm -hmm. and so my technology is all about how to build those skills inside mm -hmm. of women and the way they communicate. There's bragging. There's also exercises for processing emotional charge. You know, mm. there's just tons of little techniques that I'll teach women about how to fall more deeply and passionately and irrevocably in love with themselves. Because when a woman just celebrates the shit out of her body and her being. It makes her so generous.
And when she is cranky, she can torch a small village and <laughs> she's going down. <laughs> and I was going to ask you kind of what was the, um, and maybe you can expand on that, but what was the kind of the outcome from this work or what do you typically, you know, what is some of the results that you've seen kind of the, if you, if you had it like a before and after, um, but kind of what typically, you know, what do, what do women, and you also said men are in these workshops, but uh, what are, what are they coming in with? And then when, what are they leaving with? Cause it sounds like there's a shift in, you know, a shift in perspective or a shift in thinking during these workshops. Uh, okay. I, I could tell you some stories. Uh, I love stories. Uh, yeah. So there's this one woman, Jennifer, and when she came, she was, she had a family business. It had been mm -hmm. her mom and dad's business. And then it was passed to her and her bro and they were just floundering. They could not find their way and they were so in debt and they ended up that her parents had to mortgage their home oh to my. give the kids the ability to keep the business going. Uh -huh. And, and um, Jennifer had this insight when she was in my class one day and she was like, you know what? My parents aren't going to save me. My brother's not going to save me. I have the ability to get our company out of debt and onto a brand new trajectory. I can do that. I have the power. Mm -hmm. And that's the power of starting to connect with your pussy and connect with mm -hmm. your sensuality. It's almost like you plug into this energetic field of confidence that you did not even know you had. And what I watched her, because very often I will have students that will take my course for several years, they'll repeat it because it's mm -hmm. kind of like a dojo, mm -hmm. you know, uh, or a gym. If you mm -hmm. stop, you kind of lose the muscles. Right. Um, and so I watched her not just take her company out of debt, open up a new division mm -hmm. uh, that just sort of happened that she, you know, had this opportunity which she insisted that the company take and just a few years ago she um sold the business for 20 million dollars oh nice so she, and and i watched her do that in a decade right uh, like reclaim by reclaiming her own power she mm. was able to reclaim the whole company in an extraordinary way um i'll give you another example there's a woman named Vanessa and she was from Texas and she came to me because she was divorcing. And hmm. Sometimes women come to me when they're in the middle of transitions. Of course. Yeah, that makes so sense. She was, she was like, I got to divorce my husband. I can't handle it anymore. And in the first weekend, which is all about sensuality, all about owning your pussy, all about learning about your pussy, all about learning about kind of the history of how, um, Women used to be worshipped, you know, mm -hmm. before the patriarchal world culture uh -huh. uh, yes. began. Mm -hmm. And she just realized that she never allowed her husband to pleasure her. Whenever mm -hmm. they would have sex, the lights would go out and she kind of let him have sex with her. But it was never about her pleasure. And mm -hmm. so, of course, she was frustrated. And, of course... She was not feeling like she was getting hers. So she went back after the weekend and she told him, she's like, this 
uh, I realized like I never opened myself to you. And I want to say, I'm sorry about mm -hmm. that. And he said, well, would you be willing to do that now? And she said, well, okay. And so they had this special date night mm -hmm. and they went out on a date and they had, they danced, they had a good time. She came back home and they were going to have like sexy married couple time. Mm -hmm. And she decided to do like a little striptease for him. And then he said, okay, I would really love to get to know your body now for the first time. And how cute. He put a little camping headlamp on. <laughs> in the, in the Sounds like a room. guy thing. Sounds like a guy Isn't thing. Isn't it so yeah. cute? Yeah. Able to look at her vulva for the very first time and then ask her questions like, where do you like to be touched, baby? You know, does mm -hmm. this feel good? Does that feel good? And it completely revolutionized their sex life. Mm -hmm. And they didn't get a divorce. Wow. So huh. it pussies are the key to a lot. You know, it's uh, I, fascinating, actually, how yeah. much application there is for this kind of thing. Huh. I have, I, I have another, I have another student that um, I'll tell you about. Uh, it's 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 a woman who decided to run for office after she took my course first city council. Oh, okay. She she won the seat in her neighborhood, and now she is going to continue in politics, and she wants to run for Congress. So hmm. it's like I see women just like saying yes to whatever their deepest desires are. And pleasure is a beautiful vehicle for a woman to allow herself to connect um, to that which she most longs for. And what do women most long for? Well, I think that I would say the number one thing that women want is attention. More than anything from their partners or from men. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be fixed. We don't want to be told what to do. We love attention. We want to be noticed. Mm. We want to be seen. And let's say if a woman is dating, you know, looking for a man or a woman or a partner, um, we're told like, oh, look, make sure that he or she has a great job and he mm -hmm. can support you. And, uh, you know, you know, that he's a solid financially, but really that's not the most important thing to women. Like women will leave their rich husbands to mm -hmm. go off with the chauffeur because mm -hmm. he's the one that opens the door for them. Right. You know? Yeah. So yeah. attention that's first and foremost. And, and that can go in many forms, you know, it could be sexual attention. We love it when, you think we're hot or beautiful, or you notice us uh, like it's just attention. That's attention. the most important thing. Yeah. And, and I'm sure me, that means being present with that attention. That's not something you can fake, right? That's, I'm not saying that like I don't know. I'm saying, you know, there, there's one thing to be 
to fake it. And there's another thing to truly be present and actually give your attention. Right. And there's a difference. Yeah. Right? You can't, you can't be, yeah. and I'm just throwing it out there for all the other guys who are, <laughs> um, I'm just telling all the other, my other brothers out there that are listening, you can't be on your cell phone at dinner. You can't have your cell phone and exactly. talk to your wife at the same time. You can't have your cell phone and next to the bed when you have sex and then listen to it vibrate. That's all going to screw up this attention thing. I'm just telling you from my you own personal experience, it, <laughs> it just, Word. I'm just saying, right. I'm just, right. I'm just saying, because I've made these mistakes. It's not like I, you know, I'm, I've learned through trial and error and mostly error. Um, and so I think when we say attention and I am definitely, as I listen to you talk, I'm, I'm, I'm scolding myself or rebuking myself saying, Hey, I'm not doing a good job with my wife in these ways of giving attention and being present and, um, and, and I, I can do a better job and I think we could always do a better job, but I know I can do a better job. So I want to also own that, that I'm not preaching to the audience. I'm, I'm speaking to myself as well. This is, this isn't a lecture. This is more of an awareness for me. I want to say you are such a good guy, like, because you're curious mm -hmm. and you're also humble. You don't try to pretend like, oh, I got this all in the bag. I'm like the <laughs> husband on earth. Like you're really no. willing to be in inquiry and in the question. And um, like, of course, we could all always do more. But um, if you weren't putting out in the attention category, she would have. You know, she would have been out of there and she's not, she's in the game and she's still trying to make your life good with all that healthy food. Yes. Yes. And, and, and giving you those babies and all of it. Oh yes. And they are. Yeah. And that, yes, my life is definitely more, um, rich, colorful, abundant because I am, you know, because of my wife and because of just everything that she brings into our world, it's always, um, I'm always, uh, interested to see how I'll navigate these things, but they're always, ultimately, <laughs> they're always, they're always for my higher good and our higher good. So I just Isn't have it to... amazing? <laughs> it's so amazing how scary women's desires are to men and to women. You know, when we want something, it's like, oh shit, oh damn, you know, it is, it can be, it can really feel like, oh no, how can that happen? How can... But the, worthy. We watched the Top Gun movie and we went to this, where we live, there's an aviation museum and we took our daughter and our son to this aviation museum and the kids were playing. And she was like, she was looking at some book because it's all about airplanes and everything. And, and she's familiar with airplanes. She used to be a, a, a professional parachutist, if that is a term, but she jumped out of planes for like com competitive parachutists. And so, um, She's saying okay, that she was hold like, on, hold on. Yeah. That is the coolest thing ever. Yes, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. She's, but, but to your point, she's super humble about that stuff. She's jumped over like 20, 1200 times and, you know, she was in competitions and she was like the third in the, either the country or the world for that sport. Um, but you would never know it meeting her because to your point, women don't typically talk about stuff like that, their accomplishments. Um, but she was at this, uh, we were at this aviation museum and she said, do you think I could fly a fighter jet? And I was like, or fly in a fighter jet. And, and instantly my mind was like, who do I know that has access to a fighter jet? Right. I mean, I started to process. I'm like, this is going to be a challenge. I've got to work on that, by the way. I've, I haven't got that one. I've got to write that down. But 
so when you say wow. you know, what they what they bring to our lives that women bring to a, a man's life is definitely i used to call it kind of like the butterfly and the bear right if men are bears and our job is to kind of protect the environment right our job is kind of to make sure all the scary creatures stay away and then a bear only is truly at peace when he's watching something beautiful be it be what it is like the butterfly so the butterfly can fly yeah. and it can flutter and it can but it's it's you could say its power and its grace is to mesmerize this big bear right so they're both in this blissful harmonious state where the bear is kind of holding this space of protection and this butterfly is then free to truly flap her wings and and you know kind of make the beauty of life unfold if you if you will so um i, I just, love that how, how do we I how do how do we as men become better bears so that our, our, our significant others can become free to be butterflies? Cause I think that's part of this mm. balance and part of this pendulum swing is as men, we, we have to create, if, if we want to have the magic of life back, we have to create a space that's safe for that magic to flourish. Right. We can't, you know, too often, you know, I, I, in my past, I've got frustrated that, you know, whoever I'm with isn't free or isn't this, but I'm not creating the space for it. If I'm not creating the space for it, then it won't exist. Right. If, if women, yeah. my, my, my layman view of this is if women don't feel safe, guess what? They're not going to tap into that femininity if they don't feel safe, whether it's with other women or men or whatever, it's challenging unless they go through something potentially like your workshops or read your books. But just in the general nature of the thing, if women don't feel safe, typically they don't go into their feminine from what I've seen. They kind of, Right. more into that protective masculine role is that yeah what? yep i think that's absolutely true and um and i think also this is interesting like one of the reasons that it's important for a woman to own her pussy and mm -hmm. own her sensuality is because then she can kind of guarantee her own safety right yes because then she's plugged into her intuition right yes totally and when and so for example if she's walking down the street and she's feeling like hmm, it's a little creepy here i don't think i'm going to take this subway i'm going to get in an uber mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. um you know i think you know she's she's able to it like if 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 she's plugged into that deep sense of her own sexuality she can feel like oh that guy is a little predatory i don't right. think that we're going to have a second date i think we're going to just leave right. it in the starbucks and right. on to the next uh online mm -hmm. date you know mm -hmm. where she's trusting herself right because when we put our trust like if we're you know if we're trusting the man whatever that right. is yeah. um then we're not trusting ourselves and mm -hmm. uh and so i one of the things that i've noticed that happens is women becoming more discerning and more mm -hmm. able to kind of protect ourselves uh, than when when we are connected to our sex, and it's and it seems like oh no, you'll be more vulnerable, but it actually isn't. It's like you know how to you can kind of it gives you that like I don't know deep intuitive intuitive truth about life when you, oh, you're connected with your sexuality. Well, I love it. I love it, and I know you were excited. Uh, Finally, I think you've got a new thing, a teacher training program coming up that you're launching, I oh think, this God. fall. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm so good. Excited so so it. tell us what that is. What what teacher training? What is that? What is that? Who's it for? And then what is it? Okay. Um, well, first of all, 
I had this really unique experience in my life, which is I was able to grow my business from a handful of women in my living room, which is mm-hmm. how I started when I first mm-hmm. did, wrote the course, Mama Gina School of Womanly Arts, to then teaching thousands and thousands of women like in venues like the Javits Center, convention mm-hmm. centers, and all over the country. So I know so much, first of all, about how to build a business, mm-hmm. like starting I also know my, I have such solid technology around teaching people how to do one-on-one coaching. Mm-hmm. So my work, the, all of this tools and technology that I've amassed and tried and tested and mm-hmm. had such success with, it's so effective in a coaching dynamic, mm-hmm. you know, because for example, or if you're a therapist or working right. with small groups as a social worker, mm-hmm. um, to have somebody brag, for example, at the beginning of every session kind of sets a tone of looking at their successes or their accomplishments versus mm-hmm. looking at what's wrong or what's missing or what's bad. And then they start to accumulate that over the duration of your practice together. And that person is going to really learn a lot about how to progress in their lives, whether it's in their relationship life or their work life. It's sort of how you put on muscle. Um, mm-hmm. with uh, celebrating yourself and the goodness in the world. And that's just a small piece of it. And then also teaching a woman to fall in love with her body because so mm-hmm. all women have a tendency to wonder like, oh my God, am I too fat? Am I too old? Uh, am, 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 I, am I too busty or am I too flat chested? Like we doubt our bodies and doubt mm-hmm. ourselves a lot. So teaching someone to have that innate confidence um, mm-hmm. is so powerful. And um, connecting, being able to expand your sensual life and how to uh, connect with your own orgasmic aliveness on a very Mm -hmm. practical level. Because, you know, once a woman can own her sensuality, it's super easy to bring a partner in and Mm -hmm. then have, you know, be able to teach your partner about your body and so forth. Uh, women generally know more about how to please a man than they know about how to please themselves. So my work is really about teaching women how to learn about their our own bodies. And then, so there's so much application of my work for so many different disciplines. Plus, I'm going to coach coaches in kind of how to create a coaching practice and how to use this technology to attract clients and also how to facilitate small groups because I think there's like an epidemic of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree 110%. Right now. I think, well, I think I, I'll spread it across to all people. I think there's an epidemic of okay. loneliness. Yeah, I see the same thing in men. Yeah. I agree. And so I, one of the things I'm going to be teaching is how do you build these small groups mm-hmm. in your neighborhood for live or Zoom, although my preference is live. In pressing flesh yep. is so needed mm-hmm. and how to, so that you can have a, a gathering of women each week in mm-hmm. your home or in another venue and how to run that in a way that uh, gives it legs and um, depth and breath. So I'm so excited about launching this program. I'm going to keep it kind of small, probably 
keep it to you know this the first round mm-hmm. yeah. you, i'm used to doing rooms of thousands of people but right. i'm not going to do that i'm going to keep it really small and tight for the first round and then eventually I, i'll grow uh, a little bigger than that so that's my new venture that i'm super psyched and people can come to my website which is mamaginas.com and learn mm-hmm. about the new courses or get on my mailing list or you can follow me on Instagram because mm-hmm. I give such good Instagram. <laughs> I am making videos. I have so much fun with it. It's mm-hmm. a blast like videos and um, just like a little tiny little nuggets uh, that I mm-hmm. like to teach mm-hmm. uh, just because at this time in my life, it's really time for me to give out this information and make it a pussy friendly world. <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> Do that for all of us. For you are you're all a saint. The inhabitants. For all the every every yeah. everybody benefits from Mama Gina's work, right? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love you. it. Uh, so yes, yeah, so, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We'll we'll um, put the the links to the website in the show notes. But thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, once you know, once you launch the coaching program, we'd love to have you come back on, or maybe come back on with one of your coaches, and you could talk about the coaching program and what their experience That's was, and what they learned, and we could you know get more great. exposure for that because I I also feel it's important to put out information out there in the world that does makes the world a better place for all of us. And so we want to certainly at bright vibe, we want to promote that and continue to give voice to people that are doing good work in the world. That's what we're all about here. So thank you so much for sharing this time. And thank you so much for using the P word, I think for the first time on the show and repeatedly. So you, you get, (laughs) you, you get the record. Oh my God. You get get the the record. record. You get the record for saying it the first time and the most number of times. And now we will have to have somebody try to top that. So I bet they're going to, it'll be very interesting to see what the, how they'll do that. Um, so thank you for, uh, amazing. yeah, thank you for sharing. And I, it was certainly enlightening for me and I'm sure enlightening for our listeners and our viewers. So thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Matt. It was a joy. Uh, I really appreciate you. Thank you for being a part of the Bright Vibe podcast. For more information, go to brightvibe.com. That's B-R-I-T-E, vibe, V-I-B-E.com. Thank you for listening.